Hello there. Welcome to Series 4 of Satisfied. The Series 4 podcasts relate to the Profiles of Perseverance Bible Study. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at how God's grace to David helped him to pick up the pieces and move forward when he made a horrendous mistake. Today's podcast covers Lesson 9 of Profiles of Perseverance. We'll see the blessing that we have of being able to know our God. Elijah is our example. I'm drawn to Elijah. He wasn't a patriarch or a king. He was just a regular guy whom God used in amazing ways. He wasn't a writing prophet with a book in the Bible named for him, although there is a letter written by him recorded in 2 Chronicles. Elijah, this everyday kind of guy, received instruction from God and obeyed it without question. Some of that instruction sounded kind of crazy, but he just did it because he knew his God. Like other prophets in the Bible, Elijah knew who God was and understood his character. Prophets didn't just predict future events. That's what we usually associate with prophets and prophecy. But they more often taught people in the present about the God they served or claimed to serve. Prophets taught theology. Well, what is theology? Theology is simply what you believe about God. Ready for this? All women are theologians. Yep, if you are a woman, you are a theologian. Whether we want to call ourselves that or not, we are the theologians in our spheres of influence. And it matters if we're good ones or not. It matters what we know about God. It matters what we think about God and what we relate about Him by words or actions to those around us. I read this recently. Your life is your billboard, and every day you can choose the message to display. It's true. You have influence. So understanding the truth about God and being able to communicate that truth in casual conversation and serious discussion is one of your greatest assets for any relationship. You can use it for the good of your friends, your spouse, your children, your workmates, and church groups. You use your theology to give them strength or drag them down. It's sobering to realize that someone else has helped or hurt, depending on the state of my theology. Where do we learn our theology? Well, we learn theology like we learn most anything else in life. And it happens to be God's way of teaching us. Prepare by instruction, learn by experience. Prepare by instruction means studying the truths about God in the Bible. Learn by experience means to trust in what you believe about God as you live out your life. In fact, apart from experience, theology is dull and detached. It's as we study the truth about God in the Bible then trust Him as we live our lives that we learn true theology. Take Joseph. Sometime in his early life, someone taught him truth about God, that God was faithful, sovereign, merciful, and personal. What did Joseph learn by experience? He learned that God was faithfully with him 
through all those trials he experienced. He learned that God was wise and gifted him with wisdom, both to interpret dreams and to prepare a nation for famine. He learned that God was merciful to him so he could be merciful to his brothers. What about David? Before he ever had to run from Saul, he wrote the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He restores my soul, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You know those words. Someone taught him about God. He paid attention. When trouble hit, he learned that all those wonderful things about God were true. Experience verified the instruction. We don't know about Elijah's background, but someone had prepared him by instruction. Perhaps he attended one of those schools of prophets that Samuel started. God moved Elijah to a brookside dwelling where he experienced God's protection and provision. This is where Elijah learned what it meant to trust God while following God's commands. Experience sharpened his theology and continued to do so as Elijah lived with the widow and her son for two years. Elijah and the widow in our lesson learned that God is greater than any impossible situation. They learned to trust him. They learned to follow directions even when it made no sense. That is so hard for me. Is it hard for you? You and I can face any impossible situation if we are prepared by instruction about God and teachable to learn through experience with God. But the first step is knowing the truth of God, and He is a God you can know. As Elijah obeyed God to go back to Israel and set up a colossal confrontation on Mount Carmel, the whole issue was whether the people of Israel would know their God and choose to serve Him instead of the God substitutes. God demonstrated things about Himself to Elijah and through Elijah that teach us truths about Him today. Truth number one, the true God is alive. Four times Elijah refers to God as the one who lives. He is the living, active, ever-present Lord. The Baal worshipers believed that Baal actually died during the summer months each year. Elijah knew that God lives. He received word from him directly, and he saw God perform miracles before his very eyes. The true God is alive. The true God is faithful. Our God is a promise-keeping God. God promised to feed Elijah and the widow and to send rain. God kept those promises. Enough said. The true God is everywhere at once. While God was present in Jerusalem in the temple at this time, He was also present with Elijah and with the widow in Phoenicia. The Baal worshipers believed that Baal sometimes went on journeys with the sailors, so He wasn't always present with them. On Mount Carmel, all Elijah had to do was pray, and God immediately answered. They didn't have to wait for him to travel from Jerusalem. He is everywhere at once, and he never sleeps. He's always online. The true God is loving. God showed himself to these people of Israel, even though they were not worshiping him. They were rebelling against him. That's his love. Elijah told the people to make their choice. 
True love involves a choice. There has to be the possibility of rejection in order for there to be real love. God created humans with the ability to choose. He gave us freedom to choose Him and His ways or our own self-sufficiency and independence. Allowing us that freedom is part of His loving us. The true God is holy and just. God is holy. That means He is set apart from all sin. So God removes sin from His presence, just like you diligently clean your house to get rid of the flu virus. The people of Israel repented and declared the Lord to be God. The prophets of Baal did not repent, so they were judged and removed. Here is an example of God through Elijah stopping evil for a time. The true God is holy and just. The true God is powerful and victorious. Wow! Was that ever shown to be true on Mount Carmel? No question about it. Wouldn't you love to see the YouTube video of that? When God takes charge to prove to humans that He is who He says He is, there is no interference. This is a perfect example to show that Satan is not God's equal. Satan is a created being and here he was shut down from operating. Baal's prophets and all idols are backed by Satan and his cohorts. Can you think of another time when God demonstrated his power without interference in such a tremendous way? Yeah, the resurrection, for sure. You got it. The true God is merciful and gracious. He promised rain before the people had even repented. He sent rain, although Ahab never repented. He allowed Ahab to live. He demonstrated himself to Ahab in an unmistakable fashion, yet Ahab still rejected him. Unmistakable mercy and grace. Knowing the truth about God leads to choices. As a kid, I always liked the television show called Zorro. Zorro was a masked warrior who fought evil and defended good. He would use his sword to leave engraved Z's on walls and objects to declare his presence and strength. Well, God places Z's in our paths that say, here I am, look at me, come to me. That demonstration on Mount Carmel was an unmistakable Z to the Israelites. How could you ever forget such a demonstration of God? But the Israelites did, and people still do today. What was the single most important event in human history? The cross followed by the resurrection. A gigantic Z. God demonstrated His power over our greatest enemy, sin and its consequence, death. God demonstrated His love in that He did this while we were still enemies of Him. God demonstrated His justice in a sinless Jesus who became sin for us and took that penalty for sin that we deserved, death. God demonstrated His grace in that He offered this payment for our sin so that we might be declared righteous perfectly acceptable to Him by faith. Our responsibility is to accept His plan.
There is only one way to the true God, by faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. That's His plan. Our first choice is to commit ourselves to Him. That's the same choice Elijah gave to the no-comment-fit-sitter Israelites. It's either being for God or not for Him. There's no in-between. It's not a sliding scale, but a line. You are either on one side or the other of the line. Being on the fence is on the other side. Trusting in Jesus Christ is committing ourselves to God. Our second choice is to serve Him no matter what. Elijah was a plain man, a nobody. All through history, God has chosen to use nobodies because their dependence on Him made possible the unique display of God's power and grace. God uses nobodies all the time to do some of His most impressive work. Serving God no matter what means taking your stand before God and acting by faith in His name. Okay, so taking one's stand means to present yourself, to hold your ground, to station yourself. I love that definition. You can picture Elijah issuing the drought declaration to Ahab. Elijah was physically in the presence of King Ahab, but in his mind and heart, he was standing in front of God. We can do that too. Take your stand. To act by faith means to obey. When the Lord told Elijah to go and confront Ahab and the Israelites, Elijah chose to go. He was given a task to confront his culture and he did it. He acted in obedience to God's commands. It was not done on his own initiative. He set up the scene so that God would get the glory. We can do that too. To act by faith also means to pray and trust God to work. Elijah called upon the Lord Almighty, the God of unlimited power, the one who is able to intervene on our behalf. Our God is exalted above the heavens. We can pray to Him, having total confidence in His ability to answer prayer. We can have the confidence that He loves us. He knows what is going on. He can do something about it. Leaving it in His hands is our choice. What He does is His. To quote an old song of the 1990s, you may have heard it, sometimes He calms the storm, other times He calms His child. The world is not always good, but God is. That's why you can trust Him. Women need good theology, so we don't get caught sitting on the fence like the Israelites did. So we don't do harm when family and friends depend on us for counsel. We need good theology to train children rightly about God, giving them the best information to make their own decision about the God we know and serve. The God who answered by fire in Elijah's day never tires of hearing us individually stand before him and say, the Lord, he is my God. He is the God you can know and trust. As the Bible promises in Romans 15, 4, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. We can have hope because we have God with us. So remember our lane markers for the race. 
Choose to persevere through every challenge. Count on God's promise to give you hope. Let that hope sustain you through the rough and tumble of life and celebrate the joyful reward. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with hope as you persevere through everyday life. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 4 of Satisfied.